1: NCAA Women's Volleyball Semifinals are Thursday night on ESPN and the at Pittsburgh, Nebraska 7 Eastern, then the defending champs Texas taken on Wisconsin. Winners play for the National Championship Sunday at 3 Eastern on ABC. Uh, before we start a new hour, anyone want to see Lafreak? Freak? How about Wemby with a poster? RG3 talk to me here. What do we
2: see? Oh! Oh my God! That's just not fair. I mean, that guy never had a chance. What he that really on a two-foot goal? Holy <laughs> yeah. cow! Much taller than that other
1: guy. <sighs> in an unrelated story, the Spurs have lost 17 consecutive games.
2: Oh! Oh wow! 17! 17? Yeah. He's just taking out his frustration on the rim. That's then. Good. And in
1: a further unrelated story that isn't the longest no, current right? losing streak in the NBA.
2: What? Detroit, right?
1: The Detroit Pistons yeah. have lost 20 consecutive. Oh wow! Games. Wow. Yeah. It's not good. Not so good. In, in season. Tournament can't solve that.
0: No better <laughs> one.
2: <laughs> Were they even in it?
1: <laughs> but Wimba taking care of business. Alright, with that, we welcome you back to another hour of get up. We are live about the Heineken River Deck at Pier 17. The group is spirit. Yep. because we had not one but two Monday Night Thrillers last night. Let's go. Dolphins, a prohibitive favorite, and on the verge of covering last night. Tua and company. We're in the fourth quarter. It's five and a half to play. Titans have the ball down by seven. Will Levis, we're going to lose the
3: football. And, Jeff, it looks like it's all over, but the crying. Yeah, bad, bad pitch. Ball goes behind them. Look, Miami gets it. They're up. Oh, Everybody's and the excited. Titles. Remember the Titans. Yeah. Oh. Here and we then, go.
1: Here we go. Nick, it's Raheem Mostert. To take and it's a 14-point lead.
3: One
0: of the best running teams in football to get that two yards, and you think the game is over at this point. 14, 14 points,
3: points, and we're covering, y'all. Put it. we're are covering 13 and a half.
1: But hold on one second, because Will no. Levis
2: wasn't done, R.J. 3 oh, He said, oh, no, I'm going to oh. drop this dime to Westbrook and Kene on the sideline, and then we're going to finish it off here, too, y'all.
1: Here they come. Look at him. Levis, fine. Well, I don't know that one way or the other, but there he is, no scrambling, look. buying time. That's a touchdown pass to D-hop. Mike Vrabel says let's go for two, because he's smart. Why is this guy so wide open in Whoa. the corner of the end zone.
2: I ran a pick route there, but you know, it's is the rub. But it's a little, yeah. it's 27 fair. 21. It's Dolphins punt. Here comes Levis again. Yes, big time throws and big time moments. Why Protection. not throw it to DeAndre Hopkins?
3: Protection. And that would Three. set up this. Derrick Henry going to take it in for the lead. Business decisions. Don't nobody <laughs> want to get in front of that freight train oh, no. with a yard and a half in the end zone. Go. Yeah. Oh, I got a little Fire, hype there. That man. don't get you up? Them. Come on.
1: Final play, though. Tua had a chance. Fourth and two, RG3. No.
2: Well, one thing you can't do is take a sack. here. you, you got to get that ball out. Give you guys an opportunity to make a play for you.
1: The Titans do the impossible, and it is literally almost that. They win it 28-27. It was the first time since 1976 that a team lost in regulation after leading by 14 points with less than three minutes remaining in the game. Listen to this number. Teams had won 767 consecutive games in that position. So the Dolphins let that get away at home last night. And so what does that mean for a team that would have been the one seed in the AFC at this moment if they had won?
3: It's brutal. Listen, when you think about the Miami Dolphins and them going through the AFC playoffs, home field and a week off would be monumental for this football team. Everybody having to come to them with the offense they run, the quietness of the stadium, all the things that go to benefit them, they gave this game away. And like whether you love it, hate it, whatever this is, they, they, Tua can't make that play late in the game. They can't have to punt it after they have this lead. All the things that you look at Miami and go, hey, this should be the best team in the AFC, or one of the best teams, they they keep doing these things. You can't lose to Tennessee on a Monday night game in the position you are. And by the way, they're trying to fight the demons from last year when they went through a tailspin at the end of the season.
1: What we did not see in the highlight there was that Tyreek Hill got hurt early in this game, and he did come back and play a little bit late, but was not himself. What did that mean last night, Grott? He wasn't on the field for that last possession, right? Where right. Tua takes that sack. And it's so much, the, the
4: offense looks so different when he's not on the field. Like, I, I've been thinking for the last couple of weeks, can a wide receiver win MVP for the first time if he ends up breaking the yardage record, single-season yardage record? And I think last night actually helps his case because we see how valuable he actually is, the way the offense operates when he's on the field and healthy early on versus the way it operated in the second, third, and ultimately the fourth quarter when he was either not on the field or not himself. MVP?
2: Oh, I mean, 100% yes. when you talk about I've just been ahead of this for weeks now. I've been preaching that Tyreek Hill was number one in the MVP race. He's no longer number one because of the way Dak played and the fact that they lost this game. Mm. But Tyreek Hill has more receiving yards than five NFL teams receiving cores put together. Yeah, That's crazy, and I'll give, I'll give them to you. The Giants, the Patriots, the Cardinals, the Jets, and the Falcons. So he has been that effective. This offense was doing absolutely nothing when he wasn't in the football game. He comes back, he's hobbling around, and all of a sudden, they start Start scoring points again. Right. Just yeah. him being on he's, the field. He's yeah. a special guy, but I'm not hugely concerned about their offense
0: as much as I was concerned about what we saw from the defense last yeah. night. Okay, They weren't getting any pressure. And Will Levitz does seem like a promising young quarterback, but... Almost any quarterback, you leave them back there with that much time, they're going to make plays. Yes. Well, that's my concern. The Dolphins' expectations have changed. And if they are going to make a deep run, I have to be fair to them the same way that I've been critical of the Lions. Because if you're not going to get pressure in these situations, you're going to get eaten alive by even mediocre quarterbacks. And you're going to have to beat some really good quarterbacks to get to the championship. And that's where the expectations Phil-
3: are. Phillips they need to, lost yeah, this year. They need to figure out what they're going to do. They about. lost
1: yeah. Jalen Phillips on a bad turf at, at, in that yep. game against the Jets when the game was already completely yes. out of control in the past rush has not looked the same since.
3: Yeah, let me say this about their offense. They were missing Hunt and Armstead, two offensive linemen. That was a problem. And then when Hill goes down, If you get pressure on Tua, it's going to be a problem. They got 18 pressure on him last night, five sacks. It messed up the timing of their offense, which is probably the biggest tell for the Miami offense. When people have taken Tyreek Hill out of the game by defensive pressure or by defensive coverage, it's a complete, because Tua holds the ball, right? And all of a sudden, to to, to RG3's point, he's not creative (laughs) with the ball. It has to be on time, everything has to be hitting on all cylinders. When it is not, that offense can sputter, and that's a scary (laughs) spot to be in. It was two things. The the five sacks, they got pressure on Tua, and they didn't just take Tyreek out. He was out of
2: the game due to injury. Physically, right. So now Tua is having to try to create and get to his next read and do all those things, which isn't what he normally does. But when you talk about Will Levis. Yeah. The fact that they're down two scores, oh! I think what happened to Miami was they said, we're going to make him beat us throwing the football. We're going to play soft coverage and not get any pressure. We'll do it. And he proved that he could do that. The only, I think it's C.J. Stroud, Brock Purdy, and Dak Prescott are the only quarterbacks that have more explosive plays since Will Levis became the starting quarterback for the Titans. He proved that in those big-time moments, with three minutes left down two scores, he can make it happen.
1: By the way, as we start looking ahead at the schedules, we just had it yeah. up on the screen. The Dolphins get the Jets this week. Let's say they should win that. Then they finish with Dallas-Baltimore and Buffalo. The Bills could be playing for their lives (laughs) in that last game of the season. This is not going to be easy for the Dolphins to seal this deal. The Bills already beat them up once. So, look, if the Dolphins
4: win those four games, they'll be the one seed because they'll have the tiebreaker over Baltimore because they'll have beaten them. So, it's still all in their hands, which they know. So, what does last night turn out to be? Is it a wake-up call or is it a bad sign of things to come? And more importantly than any of that, is Tyreek Hill going to be healthy enough to be himself Mm. uh, going forward in those four
1: games? right. so that's One of the two shockers that we had last night. The other one, the Green Bay Packers, here to play the Giants, the Giants of Tommy DeVito. Oh. (laughs)
2: He had the outfit working. Giants down 10-7. Look at Tommy go. Yes, Tommy DeVito letting y'all know, hey, I did this in college too. I am not. I'm not athletic. I am athletic. Look at the yeah. family. They're loving it. He's running it like he's RG3
1: out there. <laughs> then here's, whoa, 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 whoa. Here's Saquon. <laughs> Saquon takes it and Giants have the lead. 14-13 Giants. Devito. Look at him extending the play. How about this
3: throw? This is a great throw. Listen, on the move, pinpoint, accurate. Listen, that that is a net. Buying time, all the things you want from a quarterback in the red zone, that's what it does. Four minutes
1: left in the game. Giants looking to ice it. 21-16 is their lead around midfield. Here goes Saquon Barkley. He's got lots of room and
3: then disaster. This is a brutal fumble. Listen, the ground caused the fumble, but nobody had touched him. I mean, poor Saquon. I mean, the dude couldn't be more of a giant. It looks like he's going to cost his team with the fumble right here. But guess what? DeVito. DeVito did pick him up.
1: First, Jordan Love does lead Green Bay down for the touchdown. It takes a minute because the official gets taken out. Look at the dedication here. What an epic touchdown. Yes! Touchdown, Malik Heath.
2: Packers go for
1: the two. They don't get it. So they're susceptible to a field goal. And here comes Tommy.
2: Second and one, biggest moment of the game.
1: This one has
2: Wanda Robinson. What a, throw.
1: what a throw. And watch Mr. DeVito. Relax. 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 we got to kick the field goal. Randy Bullock. Oh my God, the Giants won! 24-22 wow. is the final. Let the celebration reign. Jordan, all you need is love, not last night. Look at Tommy and Dave and believe it or not, the Giants are in a playoff race. The Packers had a chance to put some distance between themselves and everybody else. Technically, Green Bay is still the seven seed, but look at all those teams that are just one game out, including the Giants and the Bears, who frankly right now are hotter than almost anyone else in front of them. On that list, and so uh, we, wow. we need a moment. If we can, what do we say this morning? Go ahead. It's a great day to be an Italian kid from Jersey.
4: Yeah. I was in
3: the Vito house last night post game. They oh, oh, we're, were putting good. loose at the house, baby. So you know it. Me. You know hopefully, it. Hopefully, hopefully, Tommy
0: got himself a hotel or something. He did not go back to oh, his mom's down. basement. <laughs> you seven. can't win a you can't win a game with, with the uh, the NFL Giants and then go home and talk <laughs> to your basement with, <laughs> with a with a transformer sheets. You a can't couple do that. A couple weeks away from a big Trish. night
4: with the seven <laughs> fishes on Christmas Eve in, uh, in the DeVito household. I'm <laughs> telling you, man. Of of good hard. times. The, the,
1: that, all of that said, and the story is delightful. So yes. And certainly here in the New York area, it, it, it is as good as it could possibly be. But RG3, yeah. you made an interesting point today. There may be another beneficiary of the Tommy DeVito story.
2: Yeah, the best thing to happen uh, to Daniel Jones was Tommy DeVito. He comes <laughs> in, gets him a three-game winning streak, pushes him out of the what it seems like the reach to get one of those top-level quarterbacks. Uh, DeVito's been playing out of his mind, honestly. He got sacked 15 times coming into this game in the last two games. Didn't get sacked at all. We talk about his quarterback rating, over 100 the last two games. Comes out, does it again. Four for four on the final drive. And the thing that I liked the most was not just the throw to Wando Robinson. That was a big-time throw on second and one versus man cover. It was the other throws before that where he was patient enough to take the check down and lead his team to victory. They left too much time on the clock for Tommy DeVito. And it's actually shocking because, Coming to America actually predicted this. Oh, yeah, I saw that. Yeah, I saw that on, uh, on Twitter a little bit. C- predicted this moment. So this game is absolutely crazy Epic. about all the, the storylines that intertwine in it.
4: Yeah, I, I think, look, some, in all seriousness, like, like Brian Dayball, Wink Martindale, that coaching staff had taken some grief. Like the fact that they're able yeah. to rally and build it around Tommy DeVito and a winning streak that keeps them in it, a kicker they had to sign off the street because their guy got hurt.
3: The thicker I mean, kicker, you're, I love the,
4: you're playing in a conference where 11 teams have losing records. Everyone is in the playoffs. Everyone. Race. Yeah. Nobody should be giving up. <laughs> oh. And so
1: let's go to the top of that list of, of of mediocre teams, if we will, and, and that would be Green Bay. Yeah. The Packers had been hot. A lot of people buying stock. Are we selling it this morning?
0: Yeah, I'm not selling the stock on the Packers. I think. I mean, they're still in the wild card spot, the seventh spot. Um, we've seen them get better, but we pointed out earlier that they're a very young team, and you expect these dips from young teams. We saw it on the same night. We saw a team that's not as young have a dip against a team that's worse than. So it's not time to move on. The one thing that is hugely concerning to me is that Jordan Love seemed to have addressed his accuracy issues. That was his problem. He's never really had a problem reading defenses, staying in the pocket. Those weren't his issues. His issues was putting the ball where he wanted to put it. He had done that for several weeks, and then last night, he was inaccurate, and that's the scary part for me.
3: What do you think, Jeff I'm I'm Sellin? Listen, I'm, I just think when I look at this football team. These type of games can't happen to you. And I understand the age of the team. Right. Even if they make it in the this team, this team to me is they they are all predicated on Love's accuracy. Defensively, you don't know who you're going to get week in and week out. They could be lights out. They could be terrible. It's just too much inconsistency for me. And again, it's such it's such a hodgepodge of the whole. I mean, the whole NFC basically is in this run. I don't think they're the best of the of that group. We
1: we could easily be living in a world where two NFC teams make the playoffs with losing records. That's These, insane. That's a real possibility. The winner of the NFC South and then one of the wild cards, right? Yeah. And it, it, the, even the the other wild card, Minnesota's only 7-6. and six. Right. They're ahead of Green Bay.
4: No, it's a mess. Look, and I think we've talked about the NFC and, you know, 49ers, Cowboys, Eagles. I mean, I think that that's it. Maybe Lions, but... I, I think the, the rest of it is going to be, fun. but the Packers are the kind of team they get in, yeah. right? Like they, we've seen them they play have. their best. We've seen them knock off the Lions. And
0: but, they huh. have the personnel on defense. It's yeah. just been the a Packers' Achilles' heel. Is like they've had so much talent on defense the last five crazy, years, man. they never can quite yeah. put it together. But for a week here or there, right. all of a sudden, Rashawn Gary's unblockable, and their defense is good. So it's a scary team to deal with, but it's a scary team to root for also. All right,
1: we're talking about mm-hmm. the NFC playoff picture. So coming up next. Why, Eagles, why is Philly no longer elite after getting blown out by the Niners and Cowboys? Is it time to panic in the city of brotherly love? Plus, Patrick Mahomes filled with regret after an epic penalty and epic outburst. You need to hear exactly what he said, and I promise you will as we continue. Get up on ESPN. Delicious. All right, week 14 now officially behind us. Let's do winners and losers. RG3, give me a winner from this weekend.
2: Well, my winner this week is Joe Flacco. I'm talking about the man who's treating this season like it's his 2012 playoff run. I know I I joked a lot about how they should have signed a guy off of TV, but this is why they signed Joe Flacco, Super Bowl MVP, with a great defense on the other side. He is showing you that he's playing the best quarterback for the Browns all year long.
1: And in fact, that's actually true so far. Graz, who's your loser this weekend?
4: Uh, anyone who watched the Vikings-Raiders <laughs> game, 3 nothing went into the fourth <clears throat> quarter without any points, uh, which was somewhat historic. Look, I mean, I mean, the Jets game was scoreless at halftime, but at least they had the decency to hang 31 on the board in the second half. Vikings and Raiders horrendous, uh, I guess a great defensive performance. There we maybe go. Maybe Jeff Saturday liked it. I don't know. I oh. they
3: the flip at the end was nice.
1: Jeff, give me a winner from the weekend.
3: Dallas Cowboy. Put some respect on their name. They beat plenty of people now, including the Eagles. Mm-hmm. That's what we're talking about. I remember when San Fran beat them, we wrote them all off. They're terrible. They're finesse. They're all this. Looks like they're putting that thing back together. They're making a serious run with Dak as the MVP.
1: And not so much finesse over. over this weekend either. Nick, who was your loser of the weekend?
5: Yeah, it had to be
0: the Eagles wide receivers. They're one of the strengths of this team that has a really, really impressive roster. But you expect that these wide receivers are going to prevail in these big-time moments, and they always have. But in this game, they were coughing up the ball, letting Stefan Gilmore, Gilley. out there lock him down. Try to call that man all. He young. Yo, <laughs> Stefan Gilmore, yeah. uh, he
1: played great. And, and, and as we made the point yesterday, he traveled with A.J. Brown all over the field and really made a difference yesterday. Look, I, I, I've got a lot of panic. On the Eagles going on here right now, Jeff, where is your level of concern with the Philadelphia Eagles who've lost two straight and look bad in both games? I mean,
3: yeah, you don't like the last two games, but this team has beaten some really good NFL teams, y'all. Don't forget, listen, the 49ers lost three in a row. The Cowboys lost to the Cardinals. Like, like teams have bad – this is a bad stretch for the Eagles. They're going to have four very winnable games. They go in the playoffs winning four in a row, finding their form on offense. Listen, their defense has been on the field basically the entire game the last three games. Right, they can't get off the field on third down. Their offense, and it, offense isn't extending drives and keeping them. They got to get back to running the football. They are 430 yards minus in the run direction on 43 carries. They got to figure this thing out, running the football. So let me ask a question
1: about how important this is. Okay, I'm going to read you three numbers. Mm-hmm. This is this, it's got three teams that are 10 and three in the NFC right now: mm-hmm. the 49ers, the Cowboys, and the Eagles. Yeah. I'm going to read you their point differentials yeah. on the season. Yeah. Okay. So this season, the Cowboys have out scored their opposition just if you add up all the points they've scored and allowed in their 13 games mm-hmm. they've outscored their opposition by 188 points mm-hmm. the 49ers have outscored their opposition by 175 points mm-hmm. the Eagles have outscored their opposition by 21 points mm-hmm. so they're 10 and 3 but as Rex said they've been winning by decision not by knockout how important is that
2: um, it's not important at all but here's a question. Ooh. Here's a question I have for you. How many points did the Chiefs win the Super Bowl by last year? By three. They won well, by three. I understood. So it well, doesn't. The point not. differential does not matter. It's about winning I think so. football games. I get, I get your point, and they won a lot of close football
0: games. But point differential is about the quality of your team over the course of an extended right. period of time. So yes, in one game, the point differential doesn't matter. But yes. over the course of what is that? Week fourteen? Fourteen weeks of yeah. the season? I think thirteen games. Two, but I don't. Yeah, think, yeah, I don't think it does because.
2: At at the end of the day, when you talk about a team being able to win close games, the Eagles know that when they get in the thick of it, that they can come out on the other side because right. they've done but it can, time and time again. I agree again. with that. However, you don't
0: want to be in the thick of it too many times. If you're a team that keeps putting yourself in the thick of it, of course, yeah. uh, sooner or later yeah. somebody's going to jump up and beat you, which has happened to you,
2: you don't want to put yourself in that position, but like I said, last week, the Eagles are the most scrutinized 10-2 team in the, in the NFL. Yeah. Right. This week, they're the most scrutinized 10-3 football team in the NFL. I'm all about stats and numbers. You guys hear me them out all the Mm -hmm. time. But when it comes to the point differential, I don't think it matters for them in the next four games. I don't think it matters at all. I think getting to the playoffs, being healthy and being on a roll is what matters. And they lost this game to the Cowboys because their three biggest players, their three best players, didn't play their best in a primetime matchup. All of them had a fumble. Jalen Hurts, Devontae Smith and A.J. Brown. And when I look at that defense, you've already mentioned it, they can't get off the field on third downs. Uh, Their third down sack rate last year was first in the NFL. This year they're last. But I look at a guy like Fletcher Cox Mm. and I say, all right, somebody on the defense has to step up and set the tone. Mm -hmm. Butcher Cox has to come out and show us how hard he can be, how hard this defense can be, and they got to start tackling people.
4: Yeah, I mean, I I don't dismiss Mm -hmm. point differential over a large sample size because it has shown to be predictive, right? So, and and to Dominique's point, it's a tough way to live. Like, I'm going to come back and win close games every – especially in the playoffs, right? You want to do that three times in order to get yourself to the Super Bowl or two if you're able to get – uh, the one seed. If they end up with the one seed, we're having a different conversation. But right now, they're not playing like a one seed, right, right. Uh, and they're they're playing like a team that is very tough, very determined. You know, well coached, and they have they have a great quarterback, and right. they and they can win when they're not playing their best. The Cowboys are playing their best. The 49ers are playing their best, right. and we've seen against the Eagles the last two weeks that that is far superior okay. to what the Eagles the, the are playing. The, right the Eagles
3: now. get the Giants twice. They get they get a very favorable Cifito. schedule. So their numbers come up. Okay, they have beaten the Bills, the Chiefs, the Cowboys, the Dolphins, and the Vikings. like. Right. They've beaten some good football teams. You're not gonna, you shouldn't beat those teams by 25 every time. Right. Okay? So as if these next four, they win all by 20, and they have an 80 point flip, they're going to be in that same conversation. Yeah.
1: All right. One more thing I wanted to show you here before we go to a break. Thanks. Last night, Peyton and Eli have the comedian Nate Bargatze on their show, and this happened.
0: Could you blindfold and just have your hands under and tell who it is?
2: Yeah,
1: 100%. I could, yeah. for sure. I, I knew I knew Jeff Saturday's butt cheeks as well as anybody. So yeah, I mean, I don't think you ever want
3: to blind. You don't want to use blindfold and butt cheeks together very often. But uh, Stop saying yeah. the word butt cheeks. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Jeff. The gift that always he keeps giving, right? He loves lo- Christmas time, you know, holidays. He's like, oh, Saturday, here. Let's enjoy Your phone's going to blow up. Let's put you on Let's put you on uh, pl- primetime blast. There's nothing better.
0: Uh, Eli don't talk about Sean O'Hare butt cheeks as much he, as they talk about. He, he said, Who? He, oh, he will. He
4: would if he asked him. I did a story one time <laughs> yeah. with him about all the different centers he had, and yeah. he had a lot to say about smells and, and all, oh, and and all yes. like that. Oh, so <laughs> gosh. They're
2: butt guys. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You, you hey, shouldn't hey. have asked that hey. question. Hey. Those centers they BBs are, ain't built hey. oh, for this oh, yeah. conversation. They would be starting on the
3: hands. Oh, no, 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 no,
4: That ball. was too oh, no. much last night. Yeah. The center got hurt. That's right. Unfamiliar no, 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 Butt exactly. cheeks matter. Roll
3: something, butt- guys. Roll anything.
1: Cindy, roll a tape. I don't care what it is. Coming up, Patrick Mahomes is filled with regret, and I know how he feels. Uh, you're going to hear. From, you're going to hear from him in just a moment. But first, you're going to hear from Graziano. Here we go. Which quarterback? has the record for most career touchdown passes in the old AFL, the American Football League.
5: Who cares? (laughs) (laughs) The answer is
6: next. Uh. All right,
1: I think I speak for all of America when I say I have no idea why this is today's Hembo question, um, but it is anyway. Uh, I think he's just looking for a win. Which quarterback holds the record, and I assume will until the end of time, (laughs) for most career touchdown passes in the AFL, which was the league that preceded the merger yeah. and became the I AFC. Know. Do you have a guess? I do
4: have a guess just because the the, the team that I keep thinking of is, is, is the Chiefs and Len Dawson. I can't think of anyone else. Say it. So I'm saying
1: Len Dawson. Thank you. It's
4: right. No. That's exactly what? right. In Hembo's face. Wow.
1: I'm so happy wow. he got that right. It's a terrible question. A terrible question. It was terrible. a terrible question. If I could have thought of anybody else, I probably would have guessed that. I'm them. delighted that he got it right. That is wow. correct. Len Dawson who led the Chiefs to two of the first four Super Bowls. Record that can never be broken. 35-14, which I think was the score of the... No, the first Super Bowl was 35-10. The second one was 33-14. So that was almost the the score of the first Super Bowl that Len Dawson lost to Bard Starr in Green Bay. Hembo, stick that in your pipe and smoke (laughs) it. That question sucked. All right, week 14 (laughs) of the NFL season is in the books. Let's go through the awesome, awful, and awkward moments. Jeff, I'll start with you.
3: What was something awesome that you saw? Oh, Tommy DeVito's agent. Like, I mean, <laughs> anybody from where I'm from, you ask me, a, a New Jersey agent, that's him. That's <laughs> the picture perfect. The hat, the uh, phone, the kiss before the game, the kiss uh, during the game, all of it. It just fits. a thing I, of beauty.
1: I, I'm with you. I, I've never loved any visual quite as much <laughs> no as we right. love that one. Uh, Dominique, give us something awkward you saw oh. this weekend.
0: Light, and with the larynx. Got his pants oh, ripped oh, in a yeah. way that I've never oh, seen oh, before. What? I feel like there's some sexy jeans that look like that somewhere out there, but he's <laughs>
4: playing in them. It was weird.
2: I think and my wife has a pair of those.
1: <laughs> I've never seen that exactly <laughs>
4: happen. I yeah, was just watching the game, going, "Now I get it." Oh, no. no. <laughs> oh. Oh.
5: Oh. Oh.
4: What? Oh, that's awful. Uh, all right. Perfect.
1: Graz, what was something awful you saw this weekend? The
4: whole ending of the Chiefs game. Look, Kadarius Tony's six miles off sides, and then Patrick Mahomes loses his mind at the end because it, it was called correctly. I just think it's it, – it, 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 ideally it's rock bottom for the Chiefs because it's all the frustration from a whole season boiling over. I mean, it's, yes, it's a shame this play didn't count, but it's clear why it didn't count, and it's because of a mistake by Kadarius Tony. They're sick of those wide receiver mistakes that Mahomes – you know, basically embarrassed himself, no. which he, which he no. admitted to in a radio interview no. yesterday. No. Uh, so I don't know why you guys are disputing it. I mean, he admitted no. to no. it because
0: you crazy people going to get all upset about it. A man lost his mind. It's fine. It happens. Okay. Everybody let's,
4: else.
1: Let's hear from him, and then we'll hear from everybody here. So Dan just alluded to it. Patrick Mahomes, upon further reflection, yesterday said this
6: obviously you don't want to react that way i just i mean i care man i love it i love i love this game i love my teammates and I, I want to go out there and put everything on the line to win um but uh obviously can't can't do that i mean can't be that way towards officials or really anybody in, in life um so i probably regret acting like that um but more than anything i mean i, re- I regretted the way I, I acted towards uh josh after the game because he had nothing nothing to do with it and um, so I I was uh I, I was still hot and emotional. Um but you can't do that man. It's not a great example uh, and, uh for for kids watching the game. So uh, that that I was more upset about that than I was about me on the sideline.
1: <laughs> Ellen, like had no idea what he was talking
4: about. Yeah. <laughs> like, Josh is not
1: watching yeah. with the offense. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but, but look, I mean, I, I, I'm going to give you guys the floor and you can go to all. I will just say I didn't know that I could admire Patrick Mahomes more than I already did. Agreed. But for him to say yesterday, and I didn't even have a problem with his reaction, right. but for him to say that's not what I want kids watching the game to see, I, I couldn't have more respect for a person regardless. Okay, that said, go. Well played, Patrick Mahomes. He knew that he would tickle all you boomers
0: by doing that foolishness (laughs) the day after. What he did, it's not his responsibility to raise your kids, but, yeah, it's a nice thing for him to say. And I do think that part of his reaction, while it may not have been calculated in the moment, he's desperate. And I do think that that permeates the team. So acting like a complete maniac, embarrassing yourself, it is going to help. I promise you practice on Wednesday is going to be a little bit more intense because the best player that anyone has ever seen play Football and is always calm and under control. Lost his mind, so there will be no offsides in practice on uh, on Wednesday. There will be a different level of focus, and I think he's desperate and he's reaching in every club that he has in the bag. He's using this club we've never seen him use before. The completely losing one, but he's using yeah. it. Now. You think it was a calculated outburst? Whether it was or not, I think it, it's well, nothing okay. for he him to have benefits. to apologize.
3: It's nothing for him to have to apologize no, no, about. I do. I do respect the apology. He listen. He, yeah. he 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 gets it. He gets what what the game is about. I appreciate all of those things. I will say this from the Kadarius Tony side of it. Th- this is this is football 101, man. Like you literally look at the referee. Every this starts in high school, Pee Wee. You look at it, you get confirmation. They'll give you the back, the forward. This was all brought on by an error by him. So, so whatever, whatever you think about the call, the no call, whatever it should be, should he have had this conversation? At the end of the day, the dude is clearly offsides. And I mean, if, if this was a defensive lineman who gets that much yeah. of a jump, and we already give every rule in football to the benefit of the offense. Like we have tackles who line up as running backs <laughs> to protect these guys. And, right. and we, we keep making it harder and harder for the defense. Yep. They get one bad call. Or one whatever iffy call they should have said it whatever and everybody's losing it's a freaking joke man like it's an absolute joke
1: so, so we've debated this part of it should the yeah. call have been made should it not have been made RG three you made a point earlier today that was an interesting one about gray areas in the rules they give you a little benefit of the doubt on on um, a delay of game penalties yeah. and things I'd like to ask a different question if I could because I feel like we've talked about this now for a yeah. day and a half. They did not throw Kadarius Tony under the bus, no, right? What I mean, about? No. Mahomes no. didn't. Nope. And Reed didn't. Nope. And that's probably the right thing for them to do publicly. Correct. Right. But how about privately? How about in that meeting? Yes, I mean, at the end of the day, they might have won the game. They had one of the great plays we've ever seen. And this guy's lined up off sides. Right. I mean, what, what are those conversations like?
2: No, I think they're the similar ones that they're having publicly. I think that Andy Reid Andy, Andy, Andy said in his, in his presser that they're not giving up on Kadarius Tony. that it's a coaching thing that they got to get him on the, on the right track. But I, after answering that, I just want to go back to the whole embarrassment part ahead, for go. Patrick yeah, Mahomes. I'm not embarrassed. I don't think that Patrick Mahomes embarrassed himself. I don't think no. that Andy Reid embarrassed themselves by their outbursts. We've seen Tom Brady. The greatest of all time have an outburst where he is yelling at the ref, chasing the ref after the game because he didn't like a call. So if we're not going to call Tom Brady, say he embarrassed himself, then certainly Patrick Mahomes didn't embarrass himself. But I do respect the apology. He's a dad. Right. He understands that that's not how he would want his kid to act. I don't think it was an embarrassment, though. And I don't think they were also mad about the penalty. No, it was a penalty. They knew that it was offsides. Their whole point was, at that point in the game, what's customary, as you talked about with the delay of game, it goes down to zero seconds and you get a beat. That is standard in the NFL. The standard in the NFL for that offsides is that they get a warning. Yeah. But yes, I do think inside the building, they're not finger pointing at yeah. to Darius Tony. No, they're not. But they are certainly letting him know, like, hey, bruh. You, like, can't get right from life. This is your last opportunity. You're either going to get it right and we're going to roll with you, or you're not going to get it right. But Mahomes... He was certainly losing his mind because of everything that has happened this year. And I think he's had a lot of intestinal fortitude. No question. For it to, to only happen at this point in the season after the 33 drops they've had this Absolutely year. Absolutely no question. The reason they're not going to give up on and,
4: and rip Kadarius Tony in team meetings because they know they need him. Exactly. This is a player who has proven to them that he is capable of making plays that help you win the Super Bowl. Yep. Like that that we saw that last January and February. True. Now what what comes with that is a lot of other stuff, and that's the reason that a, a first round pick of the Giants was no longer on the Giants after, after two years. So th- that, that all works together. But the Chiefs, like they know how young their receiver group is. They know that the, the solution here is to coach them up. You're not going to go out and get anybody right yeah, now. I agree. But the, the, the issue, like the decisions that they
0: made to move on from Tyreek Hill and surround around um, Patrick Mahomes with a different type sure. of player, I think sure. was the right decision to make. The problem is these they're not getting average. They expected to get average, and Patrick Mahomes will right. lift, lift this average to good. Yeah, They're yeah. getting below average. They're getting detrimental right. play Yeah, and, that's, and And that's, that, that's and not that's the, expect- the problem. And it's – so-
4: I mean, that's the thing. So, they don't have a choice, right? Yeah, They've got four uh, regular season games left in the postseason. They need Kadarius Toney to be better. They need Sky Moore to be better. They feel like their coaching staff can accomplish this. It's just that time you, is running out. And I think that's what you're seeing yeah. when you see that frustration. I, I think the itself.
3: frustration from a quarterback, perspective, it's not just the drops, which are already frustrating enough. It's They aren't on the same page. Like, from a route concept, like where where Patrick Mahomes is putting the ball, yep. where the receivers are running their routes to, where they're breaking their – all of that is off. And I'm just from a quarterback's perspective. There's nothing more frustrating than expecting someone to be somewhere and he's a yard or two off. And that's what makes Patrick Mahomes look very pedestrian compared to his past seasons.
1: Yeah. Maybe I just didn't say what I was trying to say the way I meant to say it. But the bottom line of it is, they, this guy himself drops balls left and right, including in that game. Then can't line up on sides Correct. for the biggest play of the game, right. and we're yelling at the refs. Right. That's what I'm saying. Well, there's nothing to yell at him about. There's <laughs> nothing to yell at him about. You- you lined up offside and cost us a game. He That's knows not that. So, he's, already knows, been, he's, he's already been that. corrected. So he you're telling that. me that coaches only yell at players for things they don't know? No, you no. yell at them for things that they can
0: correct or things they can help on. This was like an obvious mistake. This is not about running the wrong route. This is not about preparing for the game in a certain in a certain way. It's worse. it's, like, it, it's way worse. Okay, so what are you gonna say? It's a, what are you gonna say? do you go to say? You yell at them and say, "Line up onside." What's
3: Ask the he referee. Knows.
1: Yeah, he something, knows. He uh, knows. I hope he knows. But, I mean, when all his teammates are running off the field yelling at the referees that you shouldn't have called it on him,
6: I'm not sure he realizes he's the one no, he who screwed does. up the game. So, you look at him on points. the
4: sideline, you can tell that he, he knows he's screwed up. Is and and I'm, I'm sure he does. Look, coaching is about figuring out what – what, what motivates the specific guy, right? Like, yeah. if he's not going to respond to being yelled at, then it's
2: not going to do any good to yell at him, right? You need They need him. They're not going to cut him. They need him to play better. That's the point. They need him. Who are they going to go sign? They're going to get Deshaun Jackson. He just retired. Jeremy Macklin? The, who, who is out there that they can bring in that's going to help their offense right now? Although I do think Deshaun Jackson would be a good idea with his, <laughs> with his ability. But they're not going to throw Kadaris Tony under the bus because they need him,
3: as Graz said, for their playoff push. Let me say this about Andy Reid. He is a detailed driven. Offensive mind. If you don't think that Kadarius Tony got pulled in and said you will you will look at the referee every play and make sure from now on, like blame it on he'll own it, Andy Reid will own it, but let me it will not continue. Like you will not be on the field. This is gonna happen for every receiver. That goes for any offensive player, but that I can assure you that thing is being said in their in their room.
1: All right, our next ESPN NHL doubleheader is coming your way tonight. Good games. We got the Red Wings and the Blues early. Then we got the Stars. Connor Bedard, Connor McDavid going head-to-head. Both games also available on the ESPN app. All the action coming up tonight. Meanwhile, coming up here, more on Dallas domination of the Cowboys. Now the top team in the entire sport. Dominique has got the Foxy Five coming up. Plus, our first mock draft of the year. Wait till you hear how many quarterbacks are going in the first seven picks. And let's talk about whether or not Chicago should be one of the teams taking one. That's next.
6: Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI... To connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. Now, let's talk about the play
5: of the week. The pressure to follow up Hypnotic and Cognac, weighing heavy on the team. Hypnotic was in the cup, blue and ready for the play. And
1: All right, back on Get Up, and as the college football season is winding down, mock drafts are starting to come out, and our guy Matt Miller has one out this morning. Just went up in the last couple of hours, and the teams have moved around a little bit as a result of last night's game, but I want to call your attention to four quarterbacks projected to go in the first seven picks. That's the interesting part of all this. Caleb Williams, Drake May. Jaden Daniels, and J.J. McCarthy, four quarterbacks projected in the first seven picks, and that does not even include such names as Michael Penix Jr. and others who might wind up going in round one. But the most interesting part of all of this to me, and we've done a lot of this on the radio lately, it would take enormous courage for the Bears to do this. The franchise that passed on Patrick Mahomes. Mm -hmm. The franchise that has struggled so much finding a quarterback. To some degree, C.J. Stroud, although the the pick that they traded away turned into Bryce Young. The the question would be, would you consider keeping Justin Fields, picking up his fifth-year options, so you have two more years of him at a very reasonable price, trade that number one pick, bring in like three threes and three twos, whatever it is, you could get a king's ransom for that pick and try and build your team on the fly like that, what do you think of it, Neek?
0: No, I mean I think the history that you just laid out matters. This is a historic franchise that frankly has never really had a great quarterback. And you have an opportunity with the highest graded quarterback we've had in a long time potentially falling in your lap. It's going to be really hard to pass on it for a guy in Justin Fields who I think has shown a tremendous amount of promise. And you could make a ton of excuses for him or explanations for the situation he's fallen into. But that doesn't account for the fact that the guy that's coming out now, we are comparing to some of the greats
1: as far as the, his draft. I've heard right. that before. He I did. can't tell you how yeah, many times did. I've heard the he guy did. coming out. We've compared to some of the greats. And right. RG3, first of all, your draft rights were someone were, were something that a team traded a ton of things oh, yeah. to get. So we've all yeah. seen this happen before. Yeah. My question to you as a quarterback is, Am I wrong, or is Justin Fields going to be a really good player somewhere when he gets the chance to be?
2: Yeah, you're not wrong. Justin Fields will be a really good quarterback somewhere. What I've seen from him over the past three games, or since he's been back from injury, is he's playing much more efficient football. But if you look across his last 17 games, he's thrown for 3,000 yards, rushed for 1,200 of those yards as well. So, to me, this all boils down to what happens with the coaching staff. If you bring in a new coaching staff and you bring in a new GM, they're probably going to go get a new quarterback. If you keep the current staff, then they should build around Justin Fields. And the only way that they don't move on from him with a new coach, I believe, is if they go get a guy like Ryan Day, who knows him. Right now, Fields has already had two NFL head coaches.
4: Yeah, right. And that's, that's, uh, the current front office and current coaching staff is not the one that drafted him. Right. Correct. right. So what they know of Justin Fields is he's a guy that that, that sort of requires some work, right? Like he's still, they're still working on making him into what we think he can be. If their evaluation of Caleb Williams is well he doesn't need as much like he's he's more ready made and we have him for four or five years on a rookie contract and we can build the team around him that way, then I think that's the move they have to make. Justin Fields for the next two years, if they pick up his fifth year option, two years and about twenty five million, a really good price. But then what do you do after that? And if you're if you believe that Caleb Williams is what we're led to believe he is, then I think you can't pass up on the number one pick.
3: Yeah, I'm keeping fields, and then I'm, I'm going to mm. go get Marvin Harrison Jr. I'm going to get a bunch yep. of picks. I'm going to have the best collection of rookies in the NFL. I'm going to build my team through the draft by getting all those picks. The bottom line is, everybody's going to tell you this guy is generational, right? Like, Bryce Young, it was generational. Next thing you know, well, C.J. Stroud was. That's not true. But it, it,
1: Listen, Bryce Young, everyone was telling me, was was a smaller version of Patrick Mahomes. It's right. just not That's true. Small. It's not the way that we talk. So, we could be wrong. I'm <laughs> not arguing that we have yeah.
0: figured out how to evaluate quarterbacks, right. but I am arguing that we do treat certain quarterbacks differently and the way that we've been talking about this quarterback, and I haven't done a deep analysis, but I do know we've rarely gotten it wrong when we talk about a guy like this. Like, Trevor Lawrence is the guy that you could argue that we've gotten it wrong with. Most of the guys that we put up like this, um, Andrew Luck, these are the guys that we talk about like this, and we don't really get it wrong on those. You're teams.
1: talking about Caleb Williams. You're,
0: you're talking about right, Pey- yeah. You're
3: talking about Peyton Manning and Andrew Luck. I mean, That's the two that you're talking about. But beyond that, Trevor, like yesterday... How, how, how many first picks of the draft so, have been hey, those so yeah. it's
0: different. Saying you're the first pick of the draft is different than saying one guy has come along who is special. I'm not saying he is. I'm saying rarely do we name a guy like this and then we're actually wrong.
1: Stand by. I've got people telling me yesterday when Drake May from North Carolina announces that he's going to come out into the draft that I've got people saying he might wind up being the number one pick when it's all said and done when we go through the evaluation oh. process. I know people love Caleb Williams. Well, look at the tweets and the reports that came out yesterday. People are actually writing that down. I yeah. can't speak to it one way or the other. I'm just saying there's yeah. no such thing as a sure thing.
2: Right. Yeah, there's no such thing as a sure thing. And I will say that with Andrew Luck, we were in the same draft class. Yeah. They, they put that moniker on Andrew and also myself. But th- listen, there's, there's coaching staff. That's there's right. injuries. There's guys that are around you that can affect all those different sure. things. And I also will say this about the Drake May situation. I've studied all these guys already because yeah. I cover them in college. Caleb Williams is the number one quarterback. Drake May is a good player. But at the end of the day, we are the machine that creates those narratives right. that are gonna push Drake May. And then someone's gonna say, hey, I'm taking Drake May over Caleb, yeah. and it'll be a it'll run rampant all offseason. I
4: won't buy it. All of Major League Baseball spent Friday believing Shohei Ohtani was gonna be a blue jay. That's right. Preposterous.
2: Yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Caleb Williams is going run. to be the one. Fair one. enough. He most talk. likely will be. And I will also yes. just remind everyone that Andrew Luck was a generational talent, but RG3 was the rookie of the year right. that year. ESPN Bet is the official. Sportsbook of ESPN. For exclusive offers with your favorite ESPN personalities, sign up for the ESPN Bet app. All users get $200 in bonus bets after making any sportsbook bet. Download the app and sign up today. What a play. <laughs> and the next game we will play will be called the Foxy Five. Oh, yeah. It's Foxy. been a weird oh, yeah. weekend in the NFL, and so Dominique has the almost impossible task of telling us who are the five best teams yeah. in the NFL. Um,
0: so I'm going to go from one to five because I think number one is not that climactic. Okay, like, We know who it is. The San Francisco 49ers. Yeah. They're playing incredibly well right now. Brock Purdy is the picture that we're going to show because he is in the MVP conversation. They have Trent Williams who is unbeatable on the offensive line. That defense is a special, special defense that is getting pressure on all their quarterbacks. Who's two? Number two, pretty easy. I got the Ravens. I think they—they're their three losses this year are games that they should have won. They had a tough one against the Rams that they had them under control, but it came back and they pulled it out and in. The end. But their defense, I think, is what's special. Mike McDonald in that defense is incredibly smart. They're making good plays. And okay. the three, Cowboys. They slid down a little bit behind the Ravens because I have to take into account that I don't want to be a prisoner of the moment. The way that Dak is playing right now is exceptional. That defense is getting pressure and creating turnovers. And they seem like one of the best teams in the NFC. And at number four, I think this might shock you. Okay. I got the Dolphins.
1: Even after last night.
0: Yeah, I mean, I think that we have to take into account that we are projecting who are the best teams in the football, not who's the best, who the best teams in football, not who's the best team. Right at this moment. Okay. I think despite the fact that the Dolphins struggled against a lesser opponent last night, I still feel more confident in them and a healthy Tyreek Hill than just about anybody else. And five? And here's the kicker. I still love the Eagles. You do? Yeah. I think that point differential is something to be concerned about. Their inconsistency is a challenge, but they still have a lot better players than most teams in football and a quarterback that can be clutch in those key moments. Let
1: me get these guys in here because I just want a quick reaction to this. So if you look at his the, the logic of his picks... Would be, if you look at them here, one, two, three, four, and 5, Cindy. The 49ers and the Ravens would be the Super Bowl. If you were going to bet that palatial estate of yours in Georgia or that hunting shack that you spend so much time in, <laughs> would that be your Super Bowl right yeah. now?
3: Yeah. yeah Niners-Ravens. Yep, I think that's solid. Niners-Ravens? I think it's solid. Niners, think it's solid. Really? Consensus?
4: I like it. The only two first-place teams that didn't lose this week, by yeah. the way. Niners yep. and Ravens. I got
2: a consensus. Yes. Two best defenses. I, yeah. I understand. Greeny's going to disagree. Well,
1: I mean, I'm just a, Patrick Mahomes. Still, if I have to put my money on one person, right. I still think that's the person. in in and an AFC in particular, that is as wide open as it can be. I'm going to just pick a person, and that person is going to be Patrick Mahomes. Yeah, the
0: problem is there's a lot of other people on that team that you would not pick
2: that have had trouble with catching the football. So I love Miami, and not just for the nightlife. But putting those two, wouldn't you switch those two, even though the Eagles have had some struggles the past two weeks? We'll talk about it.
1: The Foxy Five are the Foxy Five. 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 Meanwhile, first take is coming up top of the hour here. Can the Dolphins make a deep playoff run? Is it time for Patrick to publicly call out his wide receivers, Molly, Stephen A., Shannon, Jeff, and more? Top of the hour on ESPN. Next 30 for 30, Minister of Defense, tomorrow night, 9 Ooh. Eastern, the life and times of the great Reggie White. It'll be available on ESPN Plus right after the premiere. All right, take us out, Danny. What was today? It was a great day to be an Italian from
4: New Jersey. Tommy yeah. <laughs> baby! That has to be a joke. His agent doesn't dress like this <laughs> <laughs> like, he, This Does is it the, matter? What's just, he saying right just here? Just lean into it, man. It's
1: too much fun. Good fun today. He's
4: we'll see you
6: tomorrow. On the spaghetti.
4: First
1: take now. <laughs>